0: All right, welcome in
1: to the Prospect Podcast. I'm Chris Perpasso of CBSSports.com, joined as usual by Matthew Collar of PurpleInsider.com. Today is a really fun episode, and it's based on a tweet sent out from the NFL insider god Adam Schefter about quarterback movement this offseason. We're down to two teams in the NFL, so there's 30 fan bases, not all of which looking for a future quarterback but according to Adam Schefter a lot of teams could be in the market for quarterbacks and there's going to be a lot of supply of quarterbacks I will read Adam Schefter's tweet sent yesterday at 2:12 p.m there are roughly 10 quarterbacks locked into starting jobs for opening day of the 2021 NFL season this is expected to be an unprecedented offseason of quarterback movement And then Schefter tweeted this at the end of his tweet. My over-under of teams changing quarterbacks this offseason is 18. I'll go with the over. And then he tweeted a graphic with it. Some of the QBs whose futures are in question. There's some obvious ones on there. Deshaun Watson being at the top. But Aaron Rodgers, we know about Matthew Stafford now. Dak Prescott, Sam Darnold. How about Jared Goff? We hadn't really heard about anything that the Rams are ready to move on from him. Um, some other notable names, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jameis Winston, Alex Smith, Ben Roethlisberger. So what Matt and I are going to do in this episode, we're going to run through and really when you look at the draft order, there are a lot of teams. There's close to 20 teams that could realistically be looking for a new quarterback. So I don't think Schefter is that far off, although more than half of the league changing quarterbacks would be unprecedented. We haven't seen that. We're just going to run through and say, should they draft a quarterback or should they go the trade or free agent route for a veteran? How excited for this are you, Matt?
2: I mean, okay, so I'm pumped for the Super Bowl. But also, as soon as we're done with the Super Bowl, the off season is going to be pedal to the metal, as it so often is with the NFL. It's starting to feel like, and I mean this as a compliment, the NBA, where mm-hmm. every offseason is just your hair on fire and you have to scroll Twitter 24-7 through the off season because you don't know what's going to happen. And then we get to the free agent period and we get trades coming into. Um, and then you add the fact that the salary cap is going down to just have an extra hurdle for all these teams. And you look at Aaron Rodgers' salary cap hit for next year, Ben Roethlisberger's, like these get very complicated beyond just – hey, here's some guys who could end up available. And it's also, just as an aside, kind of maybe a reason in the future that teams will draft quarterbacks and play them for four years and maybe they'll exercise fifth-year option and that will be it. And then they'll just let them go if they don't think they can win a Super Bowl, even if they're good through that time, that they will sign fewer quarterbacks because there's always now – a lot of them on the market. Last year there were, what, four or five quarterbacks on the market, several more that you could draft. I think this is kind of the way of the future that every offseason or every other offseason the league is changing quarterbacks all over the place. And I think it's a conspiracy from Madden to make you buy the new game because they haven't improved the game in a long time, but they can make you buy the new rosters for Madden
1: 22. So you're going to have to do that. Yeah, speaking of Madden, I think this is a little bit of the Madden effect that we have so many younger GMs that I think they were growing up, I mean, maybe they were in their their teens or their 20s or maybe out of college, they were playing Madden on franchise mode and saying, hey, let's trade Drew Bledsoe for this guy, Or and, and now they're able to live that out in reality. So I think it used to be when you and I were kids that there was like, Never any trades. The NFL trade deadline was a complete bore. Hmm. If there was one trade in an offseason, it was like the biggest deal in the NFL. And I think you're right. I think we are drifting into NBA territory. And to your other point about this maybe becoming the norm, I think that is because a lot of teams are realizing that there's not really a middle ground in terms of the financials for a quarterback. But some of these teams are like getting to the wild card round and losing with the quarterback – or maybe winning one playoff game and they they have realized that their quarterback has hit a ceiling and they're okay with trading him, you know, designating him a post-June 1 cut or whatever they need to do. But for the last five or six years or maybe a decade, it's been like draft a quarterback and then just hang on to him and be Andy Dalton and be Kirk Cousins and just hold on to him and hold on to him and hold on to him. But I think you're right that more GMs are like, hey, like if we don't have that transcendent guy, Um, where that can't mask flaws, we need to move on and look to the draft where there's a big crop of these quarterbacks um, that are really talented just about every year.
2: And if you look at the standings, I'm sorry, real quick, look at the standings this year there were more great teams and more terrible teams than ever before. Mm -hmm. I heard something like since the seventies, there were more um, 11 plus win teams or whatever. It was something like that. And I think it's showing the same sort of attitude of NFL teams that exists in basketball, where if you're not first, you're last. Was that Ricky Bobby who said that? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, but that's the way I think we're seeing NFL teams start to approach it too. And we'll get to them, but the Detroit lions saying, okay, Matt Stafford we will trade you. It sort of says, you know, we kind of know where that ceiling is going to be and how far away we are from winning with you. So it's better to maybe be last next year and then first later on. And so I think this is actually a product of GMs being smarter and having their eyes on, even though there are mistakes that get made, having their eyes on other leagues and and where they've gone and sort of having a money ball type of attitude. And what the result is, is quarterbacks everywhere. And uh, it's fascinating. So, yeah, let's get into
0: it.
1: All right, let's start with a pretty easy one, obvious one. Number one overall, Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll start this one, man. I I won't toss you that big of a softball to begin. (laughs) Uh, Should they draft a quarterback or go the veteran route? Obviously, they should draft Trevor Lawrence number one overall. Urban Meyer is going to say, he already said, oh, Zach Wilson is, you know, kind of in consideration too, so is Justin Fields. They should pick Trevor Lawrence. They will pick Trevor Lawrence. You could not ask for a better quarterback prospect to start a rebuilding process they have tons of money they have a decent roster like their defense needs work but especially on offense and we know it's an offensive predicated league with lavisca chanel and dj Chark. like they have some players to already uh, build around trevor lawrence so i think that's kind of a no-brainer what do you think the jets should do and this is interesting because it it was for the longest time pick justin fields Uh, or Zach Wilson. Now Deshaun Watson gets into the mix. What do you think they should do, and what do you think they will do?
2: Real quick on the Jaguars, Gardner Minshew is in this, too, in this mix. And Mm -hmm. I think that there will be a smart team somewhere, and I don't know who it is because there's a lot of teams with open positions, who says, you know what, maybe spending on one of the old guys isn't worth it, uh, or they won't come wherever. Let's say Chicago, and we don't have a good enough draft pick. So maybe Gardner Minshew is a good, like, transition quarterback for a a good team that would be very cheap and allow you to sign other players. So I'm interested in where he ends up. Maybe it'll just be as a backup. I don't know. The Jets, trade for Deshaun Watson if he wants to come, man. If Robert Sala is attractive to um, Deshaun Watson as a head coach and he says, I want to play for you, Robert – Let's, let's go. I mean, look, Justin Fields is a great prospect. I enjoyed watching him play football. But we know Deshaun Watson is a top five QB, and there's only a couple that you want to pay, and he's one of them. Uh, he's one of them that you can work around. You think about the championship weekend. You had um, Aaron Rodgers makes a lot of money. His team was good enough to be there. Tom Brady makes a lot of money. If you are on that level, you don't need the whole rookie quarterback hack because your quarterback mm-hmm. is that good. And I think that they could afford it and work around it. And automatically, Deshaun Watson is going to be a magnet for free agents too. So, I I mean, if I'm them and that offer comes in, I'm making that move to trade for Deshaun Watson and not uh, drafting Justin Fields. Otherwise, yes, draft Justin Fields.
1: Another point to that, uh, really quick on this, I think that it's kind of being brushed under the rug that Joe Douglas is entering his third year as the Jets GM. And I think he's – Even though he hasn't said anything publicly, I haven't read any New York Post columns or anything, but he kind of has a little bit of pressure going into this season that if the Jets, uh, I would say if they're not playoff contenders, if they're not at least seven and nine, eight and eight, he will be on the hot seat, especially in New York. Um, They have two first round picks this year, two first round picks next year, a couple of day two selections. Um, They have all the ammunition. They have the new coach, a fresh start. Uh, They can maybe, move Sam Darnold in a trade too. They've already talked him up how much they like him and how much (laughs) they believe in him, which is perfect. Um, So I I agree with you. I think the Jets should say, let's do this. We have a lot of other pieces that we need to sign and draft. But once you get to Sean Watson, you have the most vital piece. Um, The team with the third overall picks the Dolphins, but we're going to talk about the Houston Texans because that's the original uh, pick there at number three overall. What do you think – they should do at the quarterback spot. I think um, that they should think about the draft, but obviously they won't be able to do it, um, you know, unless they make some kind of move um, to get a, a very early pick. Um, but this is a team that seems so far away from contending. Like I wouldn't even say they're at the ground floor of the rebuilding process. If they do trade Watson, and they get the number two overall pick, I think you just have to pick, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, maybe you sign a Gardner Minshew as well and say, hey, you're going to be the starter. We're not going to throw our uh, rookie quarterback to the Lions right away. But I think if you're the Texans, just to kind of right the ship a little bit, you have to go via the draft for your quarterback.
2: Yeah, It just makes too much sense with the Jets and the Dolphins for those to be the two that put together a bidding war for Deshaun Watson. And actually, I mean, it's – it might be just the best for everybody. I mean, because, like you said, this is not a franchise that's close, and you might be holding back Deshaun Watson for a couple years. Now, he would still be, even two or three years down the road, he would still be 27 or 28. Um, but you'd be wasting some of the best years of Deshaun Watson and his uh, talent in order to just do your rebuild, and that might not be the most efficient thing if you're trying to rebuild that entire roster. It might be a much better plan to draft at number two or number three, take Zach Wilson. And then, like you said, this is a classic. You need a bridge quarterback. You can't put, in my mind, a rookie out there to play with that roster. It -hmm. will be a disaster. I mean, I I think that Miami was very smart to play Ryan Fitzpatrick in front of Tua at first. They probably should have played him there the whole season and maybe Mm -hmm. saved some value on a potential trade, possibly, Um, if they didn't think behind the scenes he was going to be the guy. But, uh, you know, playing Ryan Fitzpatrick ahead of Tua to protect him at first I think was a really good idea. You should always do that and be patient with that guy. They're in the perfect position to do it. And um, there's also a case, though, for them to – not draft quarterback and wait till you have the full roster and then do it. That's kind of like Cleveland. So with Joe Baker. Flacco route. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, I think too, where they were starting to develop a real roster and then put him in. Everyone criticized them for not drafting Carson Wentz or something. And okay. You know, I get that, but Carson Wentz dropped into that Browns roster when Deshaun Kaiser went 0 16. I don't know how much you get out of that. Just getting whipped all the time. I think is does stunt development. So um. Yeah, it's it's a an interesting position for the Texans because also even recruiting a another quarterback there is going to be tough for a free agency. But if you know, like you said, if it's Gardner Minshew, then maybe you've got
1: a chance there. And then how about this for the Houston Texans? If they do make that trade with the Jets, how about asking for Sam Darnold? And and he can oh, yeah. be your. 24-year-old, kind of a stopgap, but hey, maybe if he flashes um, and and he wins five or six games with a bad roster and he makes some plays, there's trade value there. You don't have to play your rookie quarterback that you pick at number two. Um, I, it's kind of hard to peg how much Deshaun Watson is going to get in, in a trade because I've. it's like it, if you put anything out there on Twitter, Texans fans want like five first rounders and then <laughs> yeah. no team wants to trade that, so... I've kind of thought that there's this reclamation project uh, surrounding Sam Darnold, Like he is the classic one. And I think it's easy to peg him with like the saints or the Steelers, like a team that's already good, but maybe the Texans will say, Hey, we just want someone who's somewhat serviceable to be our quarterback next year. As we kind of start and, to get the rebuilding process going.
2: And I think the um, same goes for Tua in Miami. Mm-hmm, that if agree. you're the Texans, you ask for Tua also and say, all right, well, he's going to start and we'll see how this goes. And if he is magically amazing, then he's, well, maybe you've got your quarterback there and you trade the other guy. Unlikely. Let's say he's just okay, but then you trade him to somebody else for a second-round pick or something down the road. Uh, it does make a lot of sense. For a team that is a complete disaster for the most part, for the Texans, it's funny how this position is not the worst position in the world to be in.
1: We can be quick on this next team, the Atlanta Falcons. I just threw them in here because of we're in this transition period from like the old guard quarterbacks to this young wave. Um, Matt Ryan hasn't really been... Uh, floated in any talks about him moving destination or you know going to a new destination. Adam Schefter didn't have him in that graphic that he tweeted out. Do you think Matt Ryan is going to be the starter for the Falcons in 2021? I do.
2: I also do, and I think that it makes sense for the Falcons to take one more run at this with Matt Ryan, unless they can get Justin Fields. If they can't get Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, then okay. Um, you know, that if they can, I mean, you have to take them, but if they can't, then okay, you go forward with Arthur Smith. And I love Matt Ryan in that system, in that play action Mm -hmm. system. He was so great with Kyle Shanahan and also the NFC South, man. If Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl and walks away, Drew Brees walks away. You're looking around and going, wait, you know, it's uh, me and Teddy and nobody else here in the uh, NFC South. You might as well take that shot and see how it works out. Um, and kind of hope to end Matt Ryan's career there in Atlanta so he doesn't go somewhere else and end up winning a bunch of games and, say, going to the Super Bowl like another veteran quarterback this year. But, yeah, I I wouldn't have him on the list, but it would be really interesting if a team like Denver or something called and said, what do you, you know, what do you think about giving us Matt Ryan?
1: What about number six overall, draft or veteran route for the Philadelphia Eagles? I know we saw some flashes from Jalen Hurts, none of it was really insane play from inside the pocket. We saw his athleticism. Um, I don't think Howie Roseman, their GM, is on the hot seat, but things have really taken a nosedive since that Super Bowl. Obviously, they have a new coach, Nick Sirianni, uh, who has an offensive background, uh, uh coach under Frank Reich. I think they go draft. That is the one team that I think they're going to sit there at number six overall. I think uh, – Howie Roseman is one of the better, smarter GMs in the league. And I just can't see him saying, hey, we're going to, you know, tie the wagon to Jalen Hurts and, and hope that he is is the next Deshaun Watson. I don't think they picked him in the second round, not the first round. I think if, like, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields were there, I think they would say, hey, let's get two young athletic quarterbacks and kind of do the same thing that we've been talking about. Whoever wins it out or or if Jalen Hurts is just coming in in some packages, we can ultimately move him or just have a solid backup that can pose a threat with his legs. Um, I think the Eagles will not have Carson Wentz on their roster next year and they'll go draft for the quarterback
2: thing about drafting the quarterback here is I mean your roster really doesn 't feel anywhere close to being a legitimate winner, um, just because you got to be in the in the hunt graphic because the division was a disaster does not mean you were actually close. So in terms of the bridge quarterbacks you've been talking about, Jalen Hurts might not be a bad one because he could kind of ball out. And I think teammates like him. He's been a popular guy wherever he's played in college or, or in the NFL. And teammates were really upset when they pulled him out of the game in week 17 because they wanted him to have a chance. And then you get to see a big sample of, like, did we find a franchise quarterback in the second or not by playing him, assuming that they do move on from Jalen Hurts. I wonder if you play Jalen Hurts the whole year. Best case scenario, you're like, wow, he is Deshaun Watson. Um, Worst case scenario, he goes 4-12 and and you draft one next year, right? Uh, I, I don't know. That one I would understand only if Fields or Wilson. There's like the Fields or Wilson clause. If they are there, which seems unlikely. But otherwise, I mean, what about drafting someone like Mac Jones in the second round? And then so you have a competition versus, you know, those two. Um, Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones, see how it plays out and hope you got a guy. And if you don't, you draft another one the next year. I mean, they, they are in a position to approach this, I think, a number of different ways.
1: Yeah, I think they're the real X factor or the kind of the dark horse team inside the top 10 that me doing a mock draft every week, like I haven't really given them a, a quarterback too often. But like when I always get there, I'm like, oh, this could be like you said, mm-hmm. the Justin Fields, Zach Wilson landing spot. And I thought it was interesting, quick aside, um, Daniel Jeremiah came out with his first mock draft last week, and I think he had Justin Fields going, like, number 10 overall. Yeah. Like, Zach Wilson, number two to the Jets, and Justin Fields way further down than almost everyone expected. So if he's there, I think they could do that. But a lot of the reasons or a lot of the justification that you just had, like, play Jalen Hurts, and then if you're 3-13, and 13, okay, now we know – um, it, they're a team that I think will definitely be doing their due diligence at the quarterback spot. The next team, the next pick, number seven, overall Detroit lions. This is kind of an easy one. I'll just be super quick. This screams like Ryan Fitzpatrick for me. If there's yeah. a quarterback that's going to bite your kneecaps off when he's getting up <laughs> yes. after getting sacked, yes. it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes. I think he wants to try to play for like every team in the NFL. I think, uh, With the new regime there, I agree with what you said earlier. I don't think the Lions uh, feel as though they're anywhere close to competing in the NFC. Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you want to draft someone, Kellen Mond in the third or fourth round, fine. But really set your sights on 2022 and beyond. This should be a veteran, so not the draft. Go the veteran route here for the Lions.
2: Uh, Yeah, again, with the Justin Fields clause. Um, But my question for you would be, what about Trey Lance here? I mean, you know, they, they really have no talent on that roster at this moment. I mean, they are uh, going to lose Kenny Galladay. They're going to lose Marvin Jones. They have a couple of decent offensive linemen. They have Jeff Okuda. But, who beyond that, I mean, you are not talking about a whole lot to work with here. DeAndre Swift instantly becomes your best weapon. TJ Hawkinson is, you know, a tight end who's a guy. I mean, it might not be the right time to draft the quarterback, but if – somebody is there. And then I wonder about Trey Lance. I just don't have any feeling whatsoever for where he's going to go, but he seems to me like the guy who you draft and sit for a year behind Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: Yeah. And the one kind of caveat here is that with the lions, we all know that, that they're going to trade Matt Stafford. They both sides have come out and said that this is going to happen. And they're probably going to get at least one first round pick for him. Like, I think just, Matthew Stafford, for one first-run pick, seems fair at this point, given his age, his ceiling, how much he's going to cost. So they could say, hey, we're going to go with our first pick in round one at the quarterback spot. We can't just pass on that guy and hope he's there later. And then with, you know, pick 21, if it's with the Colts or whatever, then they, you know, get their their skill position player or an edge rusher mm-hmm. or, or, like you said, they, they could go in any direction because the roster is depleted. That would make it more enticing. I, I do think though that their new GM Brad Holmes uh, will ultimately just go the veteran route, see how it plays out, win four to six games in 2021, and then really yeah. load up for that 2022 quarterback class. The next team, the Carolina Panthers, I think this is the prime landing spot for Trey Lance. Maybe it's too perfect. I think I've mocked him there so much that I was just I've been drawn to this prospect and team pairing. Because of Teddy Bridgewater, and I've said it on this podcast, it's the perfect scenario of a quarterback that you've said from uh, reporting on Teddy Bridgewater that he's a great mentor. Mm -hmm. Um, From watching on film, you know he's very accurate. He knows where to go with the football, Um, not very aggressive. Trey Lance is just this raw quarterback with a huge arm that doesn't really know how to get through his reads yet. I think that would be the perfect scenario for another team that has a lot of holes. Is that how you see what the Carolina Panthers should do? I
2: think that that is a great plan for them because Trey Lance also, I think fits what Matt rule wants to do with like spreading things out and, um, you could see how that works for Josh Allen with a really athletic and, and great running quarterback. When you spread things out and you want your quarterback to be able to run and make up for some of the difference, um, you know, in, in terms of like giving up pressure and things like that and teams blitzing. And, and the fact that, that you have Teddy Bridgewater, it is perfect. I mean, he is the exact type of guy who could handle this situation. And he also gives you an opportunity. The, the one thing you always worry about with a team that really struggles with talent, which Uh, the Panthers do is if you throw a rookie into it and he doesn't even give you a chance to figure out who else can play. Um, I think Teddy Bridgewater gave them a chance to figure out who could play like hey, Robbie Anderson is a ball player. You, you didn't really yeah. know that in New York. He wasn't being given a chance to really be a good wide receiver. And Teddy is good enough to show you, yeah, yeah no, he is. And Teddy doesn't hold on to the ball forever and get sacked and make your offensive linemen all look worse. And like the, there is value to this when you're not a winning team of having someone good enough to keep you in games and figure out who can play, as opposed to being like Cleveland or the 0-16 Detroit team where you just go, like everyone's going to look bad because your quarterback play is so bad you can't even be in games. And then like the off the field stuff, Bridgewater is an A plus. I mean, he's not going to have a guy come in there and uh, treat him poorly. He's going to be just like Alex Smith was to Patrick Mahomes. Remember when Mahomes won the Super Bowl last year, he shouted out Alex Smith with one of the first sentences he said after winning the Super Bowl. I think that Bridgewater could be a similar kind of guy.
1: By the way, in Adam Schefter's tweet in the graphic, he did list Teddy Bridgewater as a possible quarterback to change. Hmm. Teams, I don't see that. You're kind of not agreeing with that either. No, I don't know why I, I you think do the that. Situation, you have your stopgap quarterback there in Carolina. The next team, the Denver Broncos, picking number 10 overall. To me, this seems like they're not going to go draft or the veteran route because it's one of the few teams – inside the top 10 that is not changing their head coach or their offensive coordinator so I think are they going to say we're definitely going to stick with Drew Locke for all 16 games no and yeah could they sign someone maybe like a Gardner Minshew I mean he's he's not exactly the tallest quarterback we know John Elway who did kind of step away a little bit this offseason he doesn't really like those short quarterbacks but I just have a feeling that they're going to give Drew Locke one more opportunity. There was a court Sutton injury, Von Miller. Um, Drew Locke only played five games in his rookie season. So I, I could see this as a spot where there'll be a lot of talk because the Broncos defense is still pretty good um, that they're going to sign a veteran trade for Matt Ryan trade for Matthew Stafford. Um, but at, at number 10, they're probably out of the fields. Wilson, uh, range, maybe Justin Fields falls that far, Uh, but I think this will ultimately be Drew Locke for the Broncos.
2: I think that because of the guy they just named assistant general manager, you think about George Payton and the history of the Vikings with him here, Uh, he was here for them signing Brett Favre, he was here for trading for Sam Bradford, and he was here for signing Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, and to me that says aggressive, and I actually think that of all the teams that could offer a veteran quarterback like, hey, we can give you a good situation where you can legit compete, it's Denver. Uh, Because they have those wide receivers, and they have a defensive head coach who can elevate their defense, and they have some talent. If you're Matt Stafford, I think you're asking Detroit to send you there. Now, I mean, that doesn't mean that they will, but I think you're saying, hey, if you're going to send me anywhere, how about a great organization that's consistently competitive over their history and um, you know a team with a roster that I can step in and have three guys to throw to just like that? I mean, they've got some serious weapons there.
1: Yeah, that's a little purple insider insight <laughs> infused right. into the prospect podcast. Right. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about the, the new GM there. That makes a big difference, and and he's been one, like you said, his history. Um, he's been there for a lot of free agent sightings that have actually turned out pretty well uh, for the Vikings. San Francisco 49ers, I don't think they're going to roll with Jimmy Garoppolo in 2021. Mm. Yes, it's two years removed from the Super Bowl when he was kind of this game manager He's been hurt so much. Uh, I think that Kyle Shanahan, like we've talked about on this podcast is kind of sick of these weak arm quarterbacks. I think he saw the numbers that Aaron Rodgers put up in his system, essentially in green Bay. Um, He was the offensive coordinator when Matt Ryan won the MVP and they got to the super bowl, like an upper level quarterback with the, the physical talent to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I, I think they're going to be a team that's going to go the veteran route. I, I I don't know how they'll do it. They don't have, like, a bunch of extra picks. But I think um, even for a team that, again, was just in the Super Bowl one year ago, I think they're going to really be chomping at the bit to get back to that elite NFL status, getting back Nick Bosa, whether that is Matthew Stafford, who I think would be a fantastic fit in that offense. Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it – I mean, which is crazy to think after – The NFC title game, but he kind of said, Hey, I don't know what my future holds. And I saw a funny tweet from Mike Renner of PFF right after the NFC title game. Last year, the Packers went 13 3, lost in the NFC title game. Then in the draft, they basically drafted no one that was going to be a starter this year. I mean, outside of A.J. Dillon, played a little bit down the stretch, the running back. And then what did they do this year? They went 13-3 and three and lost in the NFC title game. I think Aaron Rodgers is pissed, will want a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one spot I think would be fascinating. It wouldn't even really be a change of offensive scheme for Aaron Rodgers this late in his career. I think they will not go the draft. The 49ers will ultimately sign a veteran.
2: I agree that they are not a team that's likely to draft quarterback. The only case would be if maybe they are thinking a little farther down the road, but if you're them, I don't think you do. I think you have the roster to do it. Just your quarterback was bad last year, but then got hurt. And sorry, Nick Mullins fans. Sometimes people have argued that Nick Mullins is like, okay, or decent or just as good as he's Jimmy. Not. Sorry. No, he's not. And every time he plays, they lose like crazy. Um, So, To me, I just sort of think about sometimes Kyle Shanahan with an athletic quarterback like Deshaun Watson. And I've seen the photoshops, looks pretty sweet. That is an elite jersey combination of Deshaun Watson in San Francisco. And if you're Kyle Shanahan, I think like any other position, you're saying, how can we improve? And I don't know what the package that would get it done, but the one thing playing in his favor is that it's the NFC. And if you are the Houston Texans, like, do you really want to send Deshaun Watson in your conference because (laughs) that you're going to play him, and that's probably not going to turn out great for you. Um, If you're looking for an NFC suitor, they make a lot of sense. And, you know, like you said, like Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he's a good quarterback. I mean, I, I think he's good enough with a great team to get you there and to have a really good and efficient passing offense. But, does he have that next level of Deshaun Watson? No. So if you can upgrade at that spot, then you should. I don't know if they get anything done with all the crazy movement that's going on, but I think Watson is the one guy where you could convince them. Yeah. Now the Rodgers thing is that's like a, I mean, perfect movie script for Rodgers, right? He's from kind of that area. Yeah, I mean, that would be uh, that would be great for him in that system with Kyle Shanahan, who I think is probably even better at it than Matt Lafleur. But um, I don't don't know. That one's hard to make work. Like, how does that trade go, you know?
1: Yeah, I think the one thing, and also the fact that the 49ers should have picked Aaron Rodgers number one overall in the 2005 draft, that would kind of be a movie-type ending. The one thing I think with the 49ers is that it's similar to the Jets in that they could, you know, throw in Jimmy Garoppolo in a trade and There's value there. Like, I think a team that's like, hey, like, we want to trade for Aaron Rodgers, like, we'll take, like, we're fine moving Jimmy Garoppolo and we'll take Jimmy Garoppolo. Good like, point. I, yeah. He's, so I think if they don't have all this draft ammunition or this draft capital as ammunition, they could say, Hey, we'll we'll give you Jimmy Garoppolo and they could point to his win loss record. If, if GMs sure. are still falling for that and say, Hey, this guy was the quarterback with a 10 point lead in the super bowl with about seven minutes to go two years ago. Like he can play, he knows where to go with the football, his Ball placement is good. Um, The next team, the Miami Dolphins, I think we kind of both feel the same on what they should do, that if they are picking at number three overall, they should take a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, But I feel as though they're a team, and we don't totally agree on Denver, um, but they're like the Broncos and that I think they're just going to ride out to a tongue of Iloa because there was so much build up tank for Tua and that yeah, was the guy that yeah. their owner wanted and yeah I don't think they want to jump ship from Tua Tungavailoa after however met a handful of starts um, so I think he will ultimately be their quarterback I think the Jets are more likely to trade for Deshaun Watson um, and they'll just try to build around him whether it be Devonta Smith or Jamar Chase um, or an offensive lineman at number three overall so I think neither draft nor their veteran route for the dolphins.
2: And it is true that their offensive line was a joke. So that, mm-hmm. you know, I think that was something that Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to overcome, but not a, a rookie quarterback being thrown in there. So there is a case to be made that you're overreacting to the end of the season for, you know, Miami and and Tua played better earlier in the season. But for me, it's you keep drafting quarterbacks until you have a guy you think can compete with Patrick Mahomes on, you know, championship weekend. You don't keep a quarterback who you're like, yeah, ceiling is probably 10 and 6. Like, what's the point in that? And then you end up paying him and going 7 and 9, and then that's your, that's your future. That's how you end up with eventually trading all your quarterbacks away or something. So I, I don't know Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely in on them drafting a quarterback, but just like Washington with Dwayne Haskins, Pretty likely it seems that they're going to hang tight there, um, as long as it's not Deshaun Watson. They're going to hang tight. They're going to draft, a, you know, Penny Sewell if he's there, or however it might play out, a weapon for him. And then I guess we'll find out. And maybe we're all wrong about Tua, and he turns out to be a superstar. Um, but if it's me, I'm letting him prove that in training camp against Zach Wilson. I, I'm not. Exactly. I'm not risking. I think that's the riskiest thing you can do is just say, no, I think he'll be all right after we got a sample of him not being all right.
1: I skipped over one team, uh, the New England Patriots. What the heck are they going to do? I I have This is, to me, it's so weird because they were a fixture uh, winning the AFC East deep into the playoffs, AFC title games. If they weren't in an AFC title game for like 15 years, it was strange. Like the two or three times they weren't. And now I think this is another roster that is really far away. Uh, On defense, they'll get some of their opt-out players back, but Patrick Chung and uh, Donta Hightower are in their 30s. They don't really have a pass rush. Their corners are are a little older. Uh, I think they are way more in the rebuilding phases than anything else. I could see them. I'm going to kind of go both ways here. I could see them trying to land Jimmy Garoppolo. I think josh mcdaniels and bill belichick would say hey if we can get him at, at a reduced price of the second rounder that we traded uh to the 49ers i i could see that happening but i also could see bill belichick saying we're not close like i think he's the least emotional coach when it comes to looking at his roster and say hey let's just draft someone is this a mac jones landing spot kyle trask if if one of the quarterbacks falls um I'm just not as as high on either of those two um, to go inside the top twenty. But so it to me, that's why I ask like what do, what in the heck do you think they're going to do? Because I I really can't get a firm feel on where the Patriots are going to view their team for the next couple seasons.
2: Okay, follow with me here. I'll try hot taking one, and then I'll just uh, agree with you. Uh, what about someone like Mitch Trubisky for like a classic? You know, Belichick is going to, you know, reclamation project, a former first round bust. He loves those. I mean, this is like, this is his model. Uh, What didn't Philip Dorsett have a good year there once for uh, Belichick? I mean, he loves doing this. Hey, that guy was a bust and everybody didn't like him. So I'm going to pick him up and I'm going to coach him up and see what happens. And then draft Mac Jones too. That's an option Mm. for them because it's pretty clear that Belichick is so good at coaching. They will not lose 12 games. It's just not going to happen. If they could go 7-9 <laughs> and nine with that freaking roster they had last year, they're going 7-9 and nine yeah. as their floor. So they have to take different routes like that of we're going to take maybe three shots at it, kind of like Seattle did once upon a time, Matt Flynn, Russell Wilson, like take a couple shots at it and hope somebody works out.
1: I remember after uh, the Buccaneers caught Jameis Winston – Uh, when he had 33 touchdowns and 30 picks last year. (laughs) My hot take was that the Patriots were going to sign him, that that was going to be the Bill Belichick. And everyone kind of said, hey, there's no way that they're going to go from this, you know, 1% turnover rate quarterback in Tom Brady, that they never turned the ball over in 20 years, to this guy that is a turnover machine. And I thought this, you know, maybe this is the latest evolution for Bill Belichick that he was doing the Wes Welker thing before anyone and throwing it deep to Randy Moss and then the two tight ends. uh, And then he would run the ball all playoffs when no one was expecting it. Jameis Winston obviously would probably give you a little more upside than Mitchell Trubisky, but don't be surprised if it is a former first round bust that he gets like super cheap, similar to Cam Newton this year. Um, Not that he was a bust, but that he was coming off, you know, injury and hadn't played as well. That probably seems the most likely, and I like your idea of them then still drafting a quarterback and saying, "Hey, he's our Jimmy Garoppolo, he's our Jared Stidham. We're gonna just—he's not going to play whatsoever, even if this veteran struggles." Las Vegas Raiders—I cannot get a real firm grasp on them either because John Gruden is so hard to peg because he he praises Derek Carr, and if you look at the statistics. Derek Carr looks like a top 10 quarterback, like 70% completion, not a lot of turnovers, uh, a fair amount of touchdowns, yards per attempt is good. But when you watch Derek Carr, giving him the eye test, he fails it in those big moments time and time again. He would be going into what, year three with John Gruden or year four. So I I could see them going with someone like Mac Jones. I feel like – Uh, Mike Mayock really values winning in college. Like he drafted Cleveland Furrell because he was a winner at Clemson. (laughs) That was a shock of the 2019 draft early on. I think this will be the draft for the Las Vegas Raiders that they can say, Hey, we gave Derek Carr a chance. We didn't say, Hey, we're done with this new guy. When the new regime came in, this to me will be a draft pick. And I think this is a good spot for Mac Jones.
2: Yeah. This is such an interesting situation because the Raiders problem has not been Derek Carr, like in recent years, they have a horrible defense. So Mm -hmm. are you going to continue to try to build that up and then move on from Derek Carr when you're really ready to win? Or do you think you're really ready to win now? Their defense did not play like a team ready to win. And their offensive line had some injuries and some COVID things and everything else. Um, You know, the other thing with Derek Carr, I am impressed (laughs) with Derek Carr's arm when I watch him throw down the field. I think it's legit. I think he doesn't trust it enough or believe in himself enough. It's kind of wild, like how he goes to his check down so often. And the one year they went 12 and four, he still threw, I think his average depth of target was like seven yards or something. I mean, it was just all underneath, underneath, underneath. And they did give him deep weapons last year. He actually used them a little bit more and we saw him show that arm. So I don't know. Would Would he be the last quarterback ever or the first quarterback ever to – you know develop as he went along into his mid 20s and 30s I mean it, it does happen uh I'm not saying that that's a sure thing but I I wonder about that too like he also doesn't have that alpha dog nature to him he's just kind of a guy um you know it's not like wow Derek Carr commands that franchise so maybe with John Gruden he's looking for somebody like that I don't know uh it does make sense though I mean I'm when you say like, hey, should you just draft one in the first three rounds to kind of see what happens there? My answer is usually uh yeah. I mean because mm-hmm. yeah. last time I checked, you know, I don't see any rings on Derek Carr's finger, so you should always be you should always be looking. And I, I could see them doing that, but I could also see them going really heavy defense to rebuild that and then decide on Derek Carr down the road.
1: Yeah, I think that it's either gonna be draft or just stick with Derek Carr and try yeah. to build around yeah. him. Is it's not a team that's gonna ship him out uh and and actually looking at the Adam Schefter tweet Derek Carr was not listed on there but I thought he's always like the last couple years he's been this quarterback with a big salary that could be moved and it would save him some cap space. Um that has kind of been like, oh could they move on from him? And then like they've just continued with Derek Carr. And really you're right. He's has developed more. I thought after the Raiders beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, where they hit like four plays of 40 plus yards. Henry Ruggs had a huge game. That like that was going to be the Derek Carr that we would see for like throughout the rest of the regular season. But then he kind of reverted back to you know checking the ball down on third and ten too often. I think he still hit Nelson Aguilar a couple times. Darren Waller is a great tight end. We saw a little more aggression, but he's not nearly aggressive enough. Washington football team. I think this is the number one destination. For Matthew Stafford along with the Colts I'll put those team like 1A 1B Martin Mayhew was the GM in Detroit who drafted Matthew Stafford it was his first draft pick as a GM in 2009 um, he's now there in Washington I think Matthew Stafford just kind of seems like a Ron Rivera type of quarterback too like super tough player um, very reliable and You mentioned it, I think, on the last podcast, that Washington's defense was actually pretty good this season. Like, it it wasn't a team that just – I mean, yes, they played their division, um, but in a few other games, they gave some better offenses, some fits. I think with Matthew Stafford, are you all of a sudden a Super Bowl contender? Probably not. But do you kind of create some distance in the NFC East? I think they would.
2: I agree, yeah. And when you have Ron Rivera as your coach, you're not really a tanking team. You're not, I mean, it's another guy who I just don't believe is going to win three games as an NFL head coach. He's too competent. And they've been drafting first round defensive linemen forever. They're set in a lot of places. They could use another weapon or two. Uh, Maybe with Ron Rivera there, you can actually get people to sign. Um, Even, hey, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Like, would they be interested in joining if Matt Stafford comes along? Right. And then you have a roster with Terry McLaurin, a top receiver who's a veteran playmaker and a top quarterback. And all of a sudden, like I said, you're, you're good. You're, you're like Trent green days again uh, for Washington. I mean, you've uh, you're Brad Johnson again. Like, I mean, really at some point, if you're that franchise, you got to say, we have to be competitive. Come on. Right. (laughs) And drafting Kyle Trask or something is not your route there. They should be in on everybody. I don't think that they could give enough, to get Deshaun Watson, but they should be making that phone call. Like they should be calling on every single veteran quarterback that could be available and trying to fill that spot. Alex Smith. Great story. Love the fact that he won a handful of games last year. Like yeah. he didn't go out there and go zero in five or something. I think he went like four and one, Uh, but, uh, you know, that's not a quarterback you can really go forward with with the condition of his leg. He's going to have to be a a backup from here on out because mobility was a big thing for him. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in with that, and if they got Matt Stafford, I would say, yeah, I mean, they're going to be a legit contender in the NFC. Everyone is a contender in the NFC if Rodgers leaves somewhere, if Drew Brees retires, if Tom Brady retires. Like, all of a sudden, if you just have a good quarterback in the NFC, you could possibly win.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that was the best sound effect that we've had on this podcast so far. When you were saying that you think the Washington football team needs to be in on everyone, I think you literally pounded the table. Did I heard. I pound it. The like table it, you football, pounded man. the table football, for the Washington football team to be in on every single quarterback. And I totally agree. I think Matthew <laughs> Stafford would be a perfect fit there. Chicago Bears, there's. There were strangely rumblings that when they were beating up some bad teams down the stretch when they snuck into the playoffs that they were going to re-sign Trubisky. I think they still could re-sign him to, like, a super cheap deal and say, hey, like, you're not the starter necessarily. You have to go into a quarterback competition. I think they're going to go the veteran route, and probably because they'll have to, because later in the draft, because they did make the playoffs and they're picking in the 20s. Uh, again, it's really this first tier, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, this, uh, enigmatic guy in Trey Lance, who's probably going to go in the top 15, then that clear cut second or third tier, whatever you want to call it. And I don't know if a team like the bears is going to want to say, Hey, let's hitch our wagon to Mac Jones or Kyle Trask, like limited mobility quarterbacks, um, who didn't have a lot of starting experience, especially Mac Jones. So I could see this being like a Jameis Winston, a Carson Wentz, because they still do have a pretty good defense, and I think they want to make one more run at it with Khalil Mack before he gets up there in age Um, and some of those defensive linemen and players in the secondary. So I think this will not be via the draft. They'll re-sign Mitchell Trubisky and then look for a trade or another veteran quarterback.
2: I think it's uh, Rex Grossman time there. Uh, I mean, really. Uh, They need somebody like that, like a uh, average quarterback who can just operate their offense and kind of put, put them in contention until they can get somebody else because it's Patrick. I love Fitzpatrick for this. Like, You need somebody who will keep you competitive because it's not a tanking team. They just have too many good players. Um, Even if, you know, they lose Allen Robinson to free agency, they could draft somebody. There's good wide receivers all over the place. They've got too many decent to great players um, like Khalil Mack. You can't trade for Khalil Mack and then be like, yeah, we're actually going to tank now and draft Spencer Rattler like next year. It can't be a plan for you. So find somebody who can, you know, go, uh, 9-7, Nine and seven put you in the playoffs again, give you a chance for some sort of fun run and a good year, and then and then hope. The other route is that you, I mean, I don't know if their cap situation would work this out, but you can always fix the cap. Is to try to get someone like Ben Roethlisberger, like some. You know, somebody who's a veteran, who is kind of washed and on their last legs. I mean, last year, were we thinking Tampa Bay for Brady? I mean, maybe a little bit, but not really. And then all of a sudden, it was Tampa Bay. Um, So I'd be very interested if Pittsburgh says, hey, it's time to move on from Ben what ends up happening there, what teams pop up. And Chicago being a we've really got to win and, and be competitive type of team, along with Washington, they they get into that conversation. They're not in the conversation for Stafford because that's the, in the division. But if it's somebody from not in the division, then maybe. I don't know. But I, I don't think drafting Kyle Trasker or Mac Jones does a, any of these teams that are sort of like we got to win. I don't think it does them any favors.
1: And I think the Ben Roethlisberger thing is fascinating because like you mentioned for another uh, quarterback team pairing, it's going across conferences. So you don't have to worry about, you know, trading him to the Patriots or anything like that. And, Ben Roethlisberger was sitting there at 11 and 0, and it was like, wow, look at how good he's playing. Like, there was a even a little MVP chatter. I think that was just because they were 11 and 0. He wasn't yeah. playing that well. Right. And then all of a sudden, it was like, man, this guy should retire. Like toward the end of the season, I mean, he, he finished with a 500 yard game in the playoffs when they were trying to come back against the Browns. But it just crazy how fast the reputation of Ben Roethlisberger and his future kind of fell off a cliff. I think if he does still want to play. Where again, in middle of November, be like, oh yeah, Ben Roethlisberger is coming back next year, and now it's like, is he just gonna retire? Like that wouldn't be crazy for him. Um, I think the Bears would be a great fit for Ben Roethlisberger. Indianapolis Colts, this seems like the new destination for a veteran quarterback. This one, I think, is uh, the veteran route in that it's so obvious. Frank Reich, Carson Wentz. Like I think sometimes we overthink these things, and then like March rolls around we're like, oh, yeah, duh. Like, they were together in Philadelphia. Like, he's going to take the guy that he saw play at an MVP level in 2017. So, I think Carson Wentz here. Could they maybe draft one, too? They have Jacob Eason, the big arm quarterback they picked in the second round from Washington. Uh, I think Carson Wentz and Jacob Eason with that offensive line, that defense, add some weapons. Then you're looking at a similar team to what the Colts were this year. No, Carson Wentz is not Phillip Rivers. But we saw that Phillip Rivers quietly had a good season and they made the playoffs and they were very close to advancing to the second round this year.
2: I think Wentz with a good offensive line was a different human being than he was with a bad offensive line. And that would be the thing you're talking about. If you're Frank Reich watching his tape back, you'd probably say, look at 2017 when they had a healthy and very good offensive line. He just stood back there and he was able to make plays and hold the ball a little longer uh cuz i think that's one of the issues that he has is sort of inviting pressure and asking his offensive line to hold up for a long period of time you know i i i think that that is a good fit but i also think every veteran who's looking for a new place it's like how about indy that's the spot that's right, the spot it, and this is the thing in detroit they have to have so much respect for matt stafford for i mean he's tough and he's been a franchise quarterback for a long time and he's a classy individual all those types of things that They should ask him, like, where do you want to go? And we'll try to work it out if we can't. Sorry, but, like, we're not going to send you to Houston for Deshaun Watson, okay? Like, that would be terrible for you. How about Indy? Makes so much sense. Uh, Denver, in my mind, still makes sense for that one for the same reason. Like, a good organization, good situation, weapons to work with, good coaching. And I don't think it gets any better for Stafford than Indianapolis.
1: How about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Now, traditionally, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger has been there since 2004. They haven't been a team that's been, that traditionally signs a bunch of free agents, makes big trades in the off season. Um, Their GM, GM Kevin Colbert's been there forever too. There's famously been three head coaches, Chuck Knoll to Bill Coward to Mike Tomlin since like the sixties, which is incredible. So, is this a time that you think that the Steelers are like, hey, our defense can be borderline elite or can be at times the best defense in the NFL and we need to win now? uh, Or because of Juju Smith-Schuster being a free agent and the offense really, it was partially Ben Roethlisberger, partially just a limited receiver group, sans Antonio Brown, that they go the draft route and say, let's try to draft our next Ben Roethlisberger.
2: I say yes. I say they go the draft route here. Um, their cap situation, even if they move on from Roethlisberger, is probably not going to invite uh, a very expensive quarterback that you bring in like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if Packers call and say, we've got to make Rodgers to the Steelers work, then you do whatever. You move heaven and earth to make that happen. And, you know, that would be wild. That would be Madden fantasy draft style of Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers playing in in Pittsburgh. But aside from that, that seems like a fantasy world. They're a team that should be taking swings and draft picks and Gardner Minshew and Sam Darnold. If he ends up not um, being a part of a trade to the Texans or Mitch Trubisky or like any, any of these people that might have upside remaining. And I honestly think with the team that they had this year, probably Mitch Trubisky wins like 10 games with them. I mean, They had a great defense and that's how they did it. I I don't think that they did it on just, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's arm guiding them to success. They have a a decent situation. Smith Schuster to me is not a huge needle mover. Like you can replace him pretty easily in the draft or in free agency. It's not like a, you know, Julio Jones or something. So I kind of like not only doing that if Trubisky is available or Darnold say, let's take a shot on a guy who's a former first round pick, but, you have to draft one as well. They're in the tough spot of, yeah, okay, Mac Jones makes a ton of sense there. And um, maybe you could put him in a system where he can win right away and be on a good team right away, which I think if you're not talking about the truly elite talents, that is something that uh, we've seen work with guys who have similar skill sets.
1: Yeah, in my notes, I actually have that it's either going to be Mason Rudolph or Kyle Trask as their Mm. 2021 starter. I think – I don't love Kyle Trask. I'm going to repeatedly say that over the next couple of months, but I think yeah, the Steelers need to kind of upgrade their offensive line, but if they and they just, and they just did hire a new um, offensive coordinator Matt Canada, who's kind of famous for an offense where they motion a ton and then they mm-hmm. show one thing and then right before the snap they're doing something else, but I think Kyle Trask can be that game manager where like at Florida he put up gaudy statistics, but a lot of it was like bubble screens and easy throws and drag routes and RPO slants that maybe not in 2021 that, that he's operating this offense perfectly, but like, oh, hey, you like just need me to manage this game and not throw four interceptions. I can do that, and I can make a few good throws down the field. I think the Steelers and how stable they've been, yeah, maybe signing someone like Mitchell Trubisky. They did sign Dwayne Haskins. I don't think there's really any major upside with him. uh, But they seem like a team picking later in the draft. They'll say, Hey, like we're going to quietly pick Kyle Trask. He's not going to really play, but we like the game manager style. The last team I want to talk about the new Orleans saints. Mm. All signs are pointing to drew Brees retiring Jay Glazer of Fox sports had that right before the divisional round. um, And then they lost to the Buccaneers and it was, you know, he was waving to the, I guess there wasn't any crowd there, but he was waving to everybody. uh, You know, to the cameras, that it was his last time in the Superdome. So he's probably going to be gone. What do you think they do? They cannot go with Taysom Hill, despite <laughs> yeah. what Sean Payton has said. Yeah. What do you think the Saints do to kind of close out this conversation?
2: Yeah, you know, the Taysom Hill thing, on some level it makes sense because they were able to win some games with Taysom Hill, and they just have expressed – undying love for this guy for I don't know how long they do and the fact that they picked him to start over Jameis Winston really makes you scratch your head like oh okay I guess you really weren't kidding I thought it was coach speak but I guess it wasn't and you know he didn't play particularly well he also wasn't a train wreck either so could he be a bridge quarterback and then you know I, I don't know I mean we've sort of put Mac Jones and Kyle Trask to a bunch of teams, but um, maybe they're like a Kellen Mond type of team. That's, you know, a couple of rounds later and they try to see if they can develop someone or look for a really great athlete at the position who maybe is not the most refined and sort of have a Taysom Hill and next Taysom Hill. Um, it makes more sense to just start James Winston and see what happens there. But I am also the world's lowest person on James Winston. Like, I see so much of people talking about how like, well, why doesn't this team get Jameis Winston and why didn't the Saints start? And I'm like, I don't know. He threw thirty picks in a league where quarterbacks throw five. I'm like, I don't know. Could that be it? He won nothing in Tampa Bay. Could that be it? Like, I don't know. Is The Saints didn't even start him when they had a chance. Could all of that be the reason that Jameis Winston is not a highly sought after quarterback? It's like sometimes when a guy is drafted at the top, we just never let it go. And maybe I'll be the guy who says, someday, Josh Rosen, just hang on someday, Josh Rosen. <laughs> but like, I think at some point we need to admit, Jameis Winston's not a starting NFL quarterback.
1: Yeah, that was the most damning thing that has ever happened to a quarterback that's like switched teams like it was all like oh it's going to be Jameis Winston who's going to start obviously right after Drew Brees goes down and then when Sean Payton like you said I thought it was coach speak I was like yeah right it's going to be Jameis he's been a starter he was the number one overall pick that was just like Jameis's stock like around the league must have just dropped into Mm -hmm. the basement I mean he signed a one-year one million dollar contract with the Saints so that was pretty damning too one thing I will say on the Saints I think they're closer to a full-on rebuild yeah. than anything else. They are set to be $112 million <laughs> over what? the salary cap. Yeah. The salary cap's going down like $22 million down to like $175 million, but $112 million over. And a lot of their players, Cam Jordan's up there in age. They're uh, going to lose Sheldon Rankins. They've drafted well. That 2017 class is was famously good. Um I could see them going with Taysom Hill and a draft pick and saying, hey, like we've kicked the can down the road long enough. Like we yep. kind of need to rebuild now because our cap situation, we tried to win one with Drew Brees at the end. We got one out of his career, which seems insane. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but. I think this team might just go the draft and we might be talking about the saints, not as like a two and 14 team with the number one overall pick, but closer to a rebuild than anything else.
2: Yeah. I think they will be in the Patriots situation that they were this year where, Hey, maybe Cam Newton is their quarterback next year, right? Like somebody for cheap, you go seven and nine, you play fairly competitive football and you try to put the pieces back together and you draft somebody in the middle rounds, They probably, I mean, they're going to have so many positions of need after they tear this thing down that you can do pretty much anything. But I'm not even sure that they're in a spot um, to be taking quarterbacks even too high because they're going to need so many positions after they move on from guys. So, yeah, I I look at them much more as – Take take a couple shots on a few different people and roll the dice and, and see what happens, and that includes drafting. I mean, maybe Jamie Newman ends up being that, their type of guy, a, a good athlete with a big arm who probably gets doesn't get picked in the first round, um, maybe not even the second round. So, you know, th- things like that I think make a lot of sense for them. They are in a tough spot as a franchise, though.
1: Yeah, this is bound to be a very fascinating off-season just headlined by these quarterbacks as Adam Schefter has kind of outlined. What is good about this though, Matt, is that us doing a draft podcast like once free agency hits in March, we'll have a lot more clarity. There'll yes. be trades, there'll be yep. free agent signings. So like this a lot of what we just talked about might be registered moot in like 2 months like when we have all these trades happening we're like oh, this team didn't sign anyone like the Colts are going to draft a quarterback or whatever. Um, but it is bound to be an awesome offseason, which every offseason is fun, but with the quarterbacks being injected and so many guys moving in a bunch of trades, I'm all for it. I love that we're in an NFL era where there's just trades galore in the offseason. All right. That'll do it today for the prospect podcast for Matthew Collar. I'm Chris Trapasso. Thank you for listening.